God's word that we meditate on tonight is Psalm 100, a psalm for giving grateful praise. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word of the Lord. The history of this holiday of Thanksgiving is a convoluted and complicated one. Even historians won't really fully agree on what was the actual first Thanksgiving. Of course, the one that's widely accepted is, is when those pilgrims made their way over the ocean on the Mayflower and landed in what is now present-day Massachusetts in 1620. And within the first year, half of them died of starvation and sickness. They didn't know what to do in this new land, how to grow crops, how to live here, what these new viruses and things were that they would face. Well, by the spring of 1621, these pilgrims made friends with some Native Americans who helped them figure out how to farm here and how to stay away from these sicknesses. And in that fall, after a bountiful harvest that these pilgrims had because of their new Native American friends, they called for a three-day feast, all joining together. A pilgrim named Edward Winslow wrote that the feast was to recognize that by the goodness of God, we are far from want. After that, things are kind of piecemeal when it comes to the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, throughout the next number of couple hundred years, there, there will be different types of Thanksgiving feasts or, or, or holidays that will be put on by state leaders or maybe by church leaders when there's a bountiful harvest and the community has an extra special reason to, reason to give thanks that year. It wasn't until 1789 when President George Washington said there should be a nationwide Thanksgiving celebration. And on November 26, 1789, that is exactly 231 years ago tomorrow, he said it was to be a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of the Almighty God. Well, after that Thanksgiving holiday in 1789, uh, they were done informally again at more of a local level, and it was another 74 years after that when Abraham Lincoln began to annually declare a national day of Thanksgiving. And Lincoln said that it was supposed to be a day to recognize the watchful providence of the Almighty God and the gracious gifts of the Most High God. So every year, the president would have to declare a national day of thanksgiving. It was another 75 years later, after that, when presidents finally, I guess, got tired of having to declare a day that FDR, in 1941, said, that's it. This is a national day. It is standing. 
And ever since then, for the last 79 years now, we've had a national holiday of Thanksgiving. That's a rather convoluted, complicated, and very simplified history of, of this holiday that we are recognizing this week. But as you look throughout history, the reason why Thanksgiving was celebrated is very clear. But I think it's good for us to ask today. I think it's good for us to ask today in 2020, why celebrate this national holiday? Hey, think about it. Of all years that you think, hey, maybe we should cancel Thanksgiving, this might be the year, right? <laughs> How much really is there to be thankful for? And, and you look at, look at the unbelieving world, look at, look at non-Christians. I mean, who are they thankful to? You know, I've heard more complaining and more worrying and more wondering if there is even a God out there this year than I can ever remember. So really, let's be honest, what's the point of this holiday this year? What is there really to give thanks for? Bart Simpson in the show The Simpsons once prayed, he said, Dear God, we paid for this food ourselves, so thanks for nothing. That is the attitude of a lot of people in our world today. I work, I earn, I put the food on the table. I make my way in this life. When you look back at the history of what Thanksgiving was really all about, I mean, does, is that even what it's about today, right? That by the goodness of God, we are far from want, said Winslow the Pilgrim, right? Or as Washington said, it's a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed, to acknowledge with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of the Almighty God. Or like Lincoln said, that we are recognizing the watchful providence of the Almighty God and the gracious gifts of the Most High God. Are these even recognized anymore today by our nation? What is the point of this holiday in this year of all years? And friends, even as Christians... This is a day for us to reflect and maybe repent, too. Has this been a year of complaining for you? And ungratefulness? And worry? And even wondering and questioning, God, where are you in all of this? Are you really good? Are you really faithful? Are you really loving? Even as Christians, we have to ask ourselves, do we really need a holiday like this? Do we need a day that we're forced to be thankful? <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's good to have a day like this because we need these reminders, don't we? It's good for us, even if the rest of the world doesn't necessarily pause the way we do, to reflect and remember and repent on all that we do have to give thanks for. How grateful we should be. And that in spite of all of our complaining and worrying <laughs> and questioning, God continues to be gracious to us. And that's what the psalm we have before us this evening helps us do. It helps us remember that the Lord is good. No matter what is going on in our world, in our lives, and our hearts. The Lord is good. 
Listen again to verses 2, I'm sorry, to verse um, 3 and 5. The psalmist writes, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. There's so much in these two verses to, to help remind us, help us to remember who our God is. It says that he is the Lord. You notice that? It's capital L-O-R-D. And when you see that in the Old Testament, that name is that name that he used to reveal himself to his people. That covenant name, that, that name that means I am. That name that, that reflects that he is an eternal God. That he is an all-powerful God. And that he is a faithful and gracious God. Right in that name, Lord, it says so much about who he is and what he does. And it describes it, doesn't it? The Lord is good. Good in the sense of how he looked at his creation after six days. God saw all that he had made, and it was, it was very good. Which means perfect. Not lacking anything. Absolutely perfect in every single way. That is what our Lord is. He is good. He always does what is right. Even when we think he doesn't. His plans always work, even when we question. His promises always stand and are fulfilled, even when we wonder. The Lord is good. And the Lord is loving. His love endures forever, the psalmist says. And that is a love that never ends. That is a love that Gives. That is a love that is completely selfless. That is the love that he showed to us. Look at verse 3 again. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Don't you just see and know love in there? That he made us. In his love, he, he knitted us together in our mother's wombs. And he brought us into this world. And for many years now, for many of us, has sustained us and provided for us and cared for us. Because we are his sheep, we are his, we are his people, we belong to him. Just like a shepherd has to take care of their sheep, so our Lord takes care of us. Protecting us, guiding us, feeding us, watching over us. And not just for our physical lives, but even more importantly, that love that our Lord has for us that endures day after day and forever is a love that met every one of our spiritual needs too. That love that led him to leave heaven and come to this earth and to live that life we cannot. A life of perfect contentment. A life filled with thanksgiving and praise. A life that never doubted the Father's will. Our Savior Jesus came to this world in his love for us. 
And as our good shepherd laid down his life for us as sheep, so that we might be his right now, so that we could know his love and his peace and his forgiveness. And so that one day he could lead us to springs of living water in heaven, when that lamb will become the shepherd and wipe away every tear from our eyes. That we will get to be his forever, gathered around that throne. Friends, the Lord's love for us endures forever. That's who our God is. That's how you know the Lord is good. In addition to all that, it says the Lord is faithful. His faithfulness continues through all generations. His promises stand. His word never fails. His love for you, he will never take back. His forgiveness will never run dry. His blessings that that you need for this life, all the physical things that he tells you not to worry about, that he'll supply them just like he does for the birds and for the flowers. Oh yeah, he'll do that too because he's faithful through all generations. Friends, the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And because of that, because of who our God is, because of all that he has done for us, is doing for us, and still promises to us, we have every reason to give thanks and praise. And that's what is brackets these two sections that tell us who our God is. So look at verses 1 and 2 and then 4. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For all that God is and for all that God does, for his goodness and for his love and for his faithfulness, proven to us over and over and over, we have every reason, every reason to thank and praise God. Not just, not just one day a year. Not just by going to church once a week. Not just by giving our offerings. Not just at our mealtime prayers. But every single second of our entire lives. Friends, knowing who our God is. Knowing what he has done for us and what he promises to us. Knowing how every moment is a gift of his grace in this world. Friends, our lives are thanksgiving. No matter what is going on, no matter how difficult things are, no matter how challenging life is, the Lord is good. The Lord is loving. The Lord is faithful. And our response has to be thanks and praise. Entering his courts with thanksgiving. Coming before him with joyful songs. The Lord is good. And friends, this day is good too. This day of Thanksgiving is a good time for us to maybe have a reset. (laughs) At the end of a very long year. A reset that helps us repent. That leads us to our knees and to repent of all of our ungratefulness, all of our complaining, all of our worrying, all of our questioning God. And again, find full and free and faithful forgiveness at the cross. This day is good. It's good for us to pause for this reset to be reminded 
and to recall all the Lord's goodness, all of his blessings for body and soul, to be renewed in our lives of thanksgiving. This day is good for this reset, to be reminded that we get to stand in awe of the amazing grace of God that can help us, that can help but fill us with joy. To be reminded that our contentment is not found in the things of this life, but in Christ alone. And there to find true joy. Not in the circumstances of how great our life is going, but in the life that we have in Christ. Life that we have to the full. And the eternal life that we have through Christ that's waiting for us. That can't help but fill us with hope and peace and joy right now as we know that grace of God. Friends, it's good for us to take a moment, to take some time to reset and be reminded. So that even though a lot of our world doesn't get what they're thankful for or even who they're thankful to, we get to proclaim his salvation to the world. We get to proclaim this Lord to all. This Lord who is good, whose love endures forever, whose faithfulness continues through all generations, that, that we know what this holiday is all about. We understand that it's good for us to gather together. But then to leave from here and to show the world our thankfulness, to show the world our gratefulness and our gratitude towards our God who provides us with all things. It's good for us to be here because the Lord is good. About 15 years after those pilgrims landed on those eastern shores of what would be the United States of America, the bubonic plague and the Thirty Years' War were ravaging England. I'm sorry, Europe. And in the mid-1630s, in a small town called Eisleben, Germany, because of all the devastation and destruction, there was only one Lutheran pastor left, Martin Rinkhart. And things were so bad, because of the war and because of the plague, that he was having to do around 40 to 50 funerals a day. In May of 1636, his wife died. And by the end of that year, the deaths were so numerous that they were just having to pile the bodies into holes in the ground with no services at all. Things were bad in 1636. You think they're bad in 2020. But yet it's in the midst of all of this, death and devastation and destruction, that Martin Rinkart, that pastor, penned the words of that hymn we just sang, Now thank we all our God. Listen again to that third verse we sang, and think about that in the context of what was going on in Europe at that time, in Martin's life. All praise and thanks to God, the Father now be given, the Son and Him who reigns, with them in highest heaven, the one eternal God whom earth and heaven adore, for thus it was is now, 
and shall be evermore. Dear friends, no matter what is going on, the Lord is good. And he deserves all our thanks and all of our praise. Right now. Yes, today. And forever.